Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, we've got a lot of ground to cover in the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we actually try to help you slow things down, help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots, and help you make the news make sense on a Monday on Election Eve. And uh, we've got a lot uh, to do in that uh, regard. We'll be joined shortly by Scott Rasmussen, uh, independent pollster, uh, one of our tag team partners. Uh, he just put out his uh, last uh, official poll before the race tomorrow. And uh, we're just waiting to get Scott on the line here. Um, and uh, he will share with us uh, some things. He's got a great new piece up on Deseret.com today. Uh, looking at all the numbers, all the breakdowns in terms of how that looks, how things compared to where they were in 2016, and uh, what that will mean for all of us as we uh, head down the home stretch in what has been a very contentious and uh, challenging uh, 2020 election cycle between the pandemic and between just the typical rhetoric and all the uh, the challenges of things that tend to divide us as a nation. And uh, so we're going to break those down as we go throughout the day today. Also, coming up at 1120, Jenny Taylor is going to join us today. I was uh, part of a great event up in North Ogden yesterday. Uh, Just a great way to kick off. They actually celebrate Veterans Day for a whole 11 days up there, uh, which is just fantastic. Uh, We'll talk about that and what all of that means and uh, how that plays out. And then we're going to look at uh, where we need to go next in terms of the country. Uh, what happens once we get past the first Tuesday of November? As you know, I, uh, I'm i a firm believer in the first Wednesday of November as the, the real key day in the country and, and why that matters so much. And so we'll, we'll do all of that as we uh, roll through. We'll get some updates from the campaign trail as uh, we follow where um, the former Vice President Joe Biden is and uh, where uh, President Donald Trump is today as they kind of crisscross paths uh, for most of the day today. They're kind of tag team following each other around. Uh, and of course, they're going to places like Pennsylvania and Ohio, North Carolina, uh, and other of those battleground states that will uh, really end up uh, being the difference maker in terms of what happens tomorrow. Uh, so I will give you just this reminder uh, that uh, you're, if you are still going to mail in your ballot, it must be postmarked today. Uh, you can also take it to drop-off locations around the state. 
And uh, if you see anything out there or hear anything that uh, is interesting, of course, we always want you to chime in and help us elevate the conversation here on Inside Sources. And you can do that on our Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line at 57500. Again, 57500, Utah Community Credit Union KSL text line. Uh, you can dial in there as well. All right. Uh, so just looking at where some of the polling is, I, I think it's a, a really fascinating thing to look at as we come down the home stretch. There's there's sort of this interesting hedging of the bets going on uh, with many pollsters across the country. A lot of people are, are trying to make sure they don't have a repeat of 2016. Uh, and to be honest and to be fair to the pollsters, uh, they really weren't that far off as it relates uh, to the, the raw numbers. In terms of 2016, uh, it was looking like uh, Hillary Clinton would win by about 3% uh, of the vote, which she did in the popular vote. And uh, where some of the misses were, were uh, more on the um, on the state-by-state, where the, that polling gets so much more difficult. And I still believe there are a lot of pollsters out there that are questioning and wondering about the silent voters, uh, those who are refusing to participate uh, in polling at all, uh, some of those, some of those are folks who still haven't quite decided if it's really worth their while to go and vote this year. They may have voted in 2016. They may have become a little disgruntled and uh, disenchanted with the process and all of the divisive rhetoric from both ends of the political scale. And so many of them have turned into less likely vote voters. As in 2016, they were likely voters. And so there's a lot of that change going on and a lot of challenges there as well. Uh, and so uh, we'll continue to track all of that. And again, we're still trying to uh, effort. Uh, we're not quite finding Scott Rasmussen. He may be uh, he may have jumped onto something else today. Uh, but I will point you to his uh, piece in uh, uh, Deseret.com today. Uh, and, and he broke it down this way. Uh, no matter how you read the polls, uh, he says uh, Biden is leading. Uh, and that is true. I think you can go through all of the uh, the polls. If you go to Real Clear Politics, um, they seem to uh, have had a pretty steady number as it relates to those polling numbers uh, for quite some time now. That's been has been one of the interesting things is that it hasn't been as volatile a race as uh, many had expected. That there would be more ebbs and flows to it. It's been fairly settled, and the numbers haven't moved drastically or dramatically. And uh, so let's bring in Scott Rasmussen. Scott, thanks for joining us on what I know is a crazy, frantic uh, blitz to the finish uh, as we look at as we look at the numbers. So give us your give us your quick assessment. What's the breakdown? How do you see things playing out over the next uh, 24 to 48 hours? Well, uh, you know, overall, the national polling that I've done shows that uh, Joe Biden is up by seven points. And when I look across my data and other results, uh, the battleground state polls is pretty consistent with that. I show the president trailing by four points in Florida, a state he absolutely must win if he wants to be reelected. Uh, North Carolina, very much a toss up. My latest numbers there show Biden up one. You know, I can go through the whole list, but the bottom line uh, is there's, I think, two important takeaways here. First, all the numbers look very good for Joe Biden. Uh, second, We need to approach all of this with a little bit of humility. Um, You know, four years ago, we were surprised by the results because we didn't take into account the fact that some of these states were really too close to call. Um, And I don't know who's going to win Florida or North Carolina or some of these toss-ups right now, but it would be a very surprising result for the president to repeat his miracle of victory from four years ago. Yeah, he really does have to run the uh, the gamut there uh, if he's going to do that. Starting in Florida, I actually think that is the 
kind of the key. If uh, Florida goes early uh, one way or another, I think that's going to be indicative of uh, kind of where the night is going to head. I I would certainly agree with that. In fact, you know, you and I have talked before about uh, the nightmare scenario for the nation would be if it's very close, we might not know who the winner is until Thanksgiving. However, uh, especially if Joe Biden were to win Florida and the results are declared fairly early, you know, say by midnight Eastern time um, or even a little bit sooner election night, well, then we know the election's over. We know he will be president-elect because there is no path to victory for President Trump without Florida. Uh, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, possible outcome. And, and it would certainly be uh, almost anticlimactic for those who have been, you know, amping up for a three-week recount. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, I want to shift just uh, quickly to uh, looking at some of the broader pieces there, including uh, Congress and the Senate. Uh, many people are saying that if if Joe Biden does uh, run the tables tomorrow and uh, if he were to do that, it would also be likely uh, that the president, uh, that the Senate could also flip uh, to Democratic control. How are you seeing some of those uh, races as it relates to the Senate? I think in the Senate, uh, the Republicans almost certainly pick up a seat in Alabama. The Democrats almost certainly pick up uh, a seat in Colorado Democrats would need at least three more with a Biden victory to gain control of the Senate. It's quite possible to see uh, Democrats picking up seats in Arizona, uh, North Carolina and Maine. Uh, So if that were to happen, that would get the Democrats to 50. Uh, Joni Ernst in Iowa, uh, also in a toss up race. Uh, but I want to be clear uh, first, you know, if the if the Republicans hang on to one or two of those seats, they would still narrowly have control. Uh, but secondly, uh, if the Democrats get to 50 or 51 seats, um, control might be too strong a word. They would technically have the majority in the Senate, but it would be a very unmanageable majority. Uh, at the moment, it doesn't appear likely that the Democrats are are headed towards a you know a much bigger victory in the Senate, um, but this will come down to individual races. And on this one, there might be a recount. Uh, it is still possible if the Democrats end up on election night with 49 uh, Senate seats, uh, it's very likely that two races in Georgia right. will go to a runoff because you have to have 50 percent of the vote in Georgia. Uh, that would not be decided until January 5th. Wow. And uh, I just can't even imagine <laughs> living in Georgia if control of the Senate is at stake in those two races. Wow. That uh, that would be a whole nother scenario. We'll, we'll uh, <laughs> for the political junkies, we'll hold on to that as a possible after <laughs> after election dessert uh, for Georgia. <laughs> All right. Scott Rasmussen, always appreciate your insight. Good luck uh, to you going down the home stretch. And uh, we will talk to you again real soon. Thank you, boy. Have a great day. All right. Very good. Scott Rasmussen, independent pollster, uh, weighing in there. Really fascinating stuff. You can see his article on our Facebook page or at Deseret.com. We're going to go ahead and step aside. Uh, Don't want to miss what's next. Jenny Taylor is going to join us. Uh, We're going to talk about reasons for hope and optimism and how do we honor our veterans starting today. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. 
But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.